Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I'm one of the pastors of the Church of Greer Station and your host. The Weekly is a 20-minute podcast devoted to books, current events, and issues relevant to the life of our church. We're back. We took some time off over the Christmas holidays uh, and over January to get some other things sorted out, but Lord willing, we will be back at it at a more regular clip. Uh, This week, Aaron and I discussed the topic of diversity. Does Christianity squash diversity? Is Christianity opposed to diversity? That's a big question, a kind of a complicated question. So we spent some time reflecting on it, thinking about it, and talking about the fact that we recorded this on Aaron's child's due date. So uh, kudos to Aaron Markham for uh, for making it happen. So give this episode a listen. Hope you're encouraged by it. All right, Aaron, today is Aaron Jr.'s D-Day? Due date. D-Day. It is is Aaron Jr.'s due date. That's the name, right? We don't know if it's Aaron the boy or Aaron the girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we are recording this on, um, uh, what is today? February 5th? February 5th. February 5th, uh, Aaron Jr.'s due date. So um, thanks for taking out some time to record. Yeah. If you have to just pop up in the middle of this yeah we'll can, see I'll finish we'll yeah. see if i get a phone call and yeah and i'll be gone but cool well uh l- let me ask you this what's um what's one feature of being a new parent that you're excited slash petrified about mm. that's a good that's a really good question um i think i'm really excited to uh kind of in an odd way almost just learn how to hold a baby um i feel yeah. like i hold baby i like to hold babies and i like to hold babies regularly but i don't like I don't want to practice um, different methods of holding a child with somebody else's child. Um, so I was holding the David and April McWhite's baby last night, Zeke, and um, mostly just had him on my chest and just kind of holding him upright and burping him. And But then I see other, other guys like Cole Riddle just palming their babies <laughs> or uh, doing different things with, with babies that, that maybe they like. And so I'm just excited to figure that out. Um, Get a little practice at, Cole, at home. Cole carries Luke like a football. Yeah. Yeah. Before you know it, man, you'll be spinning the baby around on your finger like a basketball. Perfect. Nothing to it. Yeah. Cool. So I thought we would take up the question today. Um, in light of some, uh, in light of the passage that we, we taught on on Sunday, I um, thought, thought we would take up the question today of whether or not Christianity is opposed to diversity. Uh, in our passage on Sunday, we, we encountered the story of Jesus being approached by the Canaanite woman in the region of Tyre and Sidon. And the Canaanite woman asks for Jesus to uh, heal her daughter or, or uh, relieve her daughter of this oppression from a demon. Um, and Jesus, what we said on Sunday was, in a kind of coy and evasive way, gives the lady space to profess her faith in Christ. She says, have mercy on me, um, son of David. Um, cast out this demon from my daughter. And then Jesus says, I've come only for the sheep of the house of Israel. Um, the, it, is, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. That's right. uh, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's uh, table. Yeah. Yeah, and so Jesus isn't um, insinuating that she's a dog or that she's, um, uh, you know, there, there's a way to, to read that passage, I think, that comes to some 
makes Jesus out to 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 look sort of misogynistic or something like that. But I think rather what Jesus is doing is kind of creating space for this woman to profess her faith and humility, and and she does so, and and I think is is a model for us, and, and she's held out as a model for us, and so kind of took that passage as an opportunity to talk about Christianity and its relationship to diversity, whether or not Christianity crushes diversity, which is a question that came about from my reading of a book called Confronting Christianity by uh, Rebecca McLaughlin. So I just want to ask, Aaron, uh, why is this an important question? Both, why is it, why do you think this is a question culturally? And then why is this a question that we need to take seriously as the Mm -hmm. church? Mm -hmm. I think culturally we value um, we value diversity kind of almost, uh, at least as, at least as a whole, um, there's this kind of level that we should, we should value, uh, diversity. We also recognize that there's a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of uh, nations, there's a lot of cultures all throughout our world. And some level, I think almost inherent apart from a belief in God, um, for most people, I'll say, 95% or 99% is that uh, there's some level of equality between those people. So the Asian, the North American, the, the African, the, the European, uh, the South American, the, you know, if there's somebody living on Antarctica, wherever, they, they all have some level of equality, which we're, we'll talk about more kind of, I would say, stems from our hearts, seeing that we are Imago Dei, we are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's we, we, we feel that level even from the world's kind of point of view. Obviously, looking at media, media is all about equality, equality diversity, um, tolerance, um, mm. the, all those types of words that actually really are probably good and um, really are right things to, to think about. And we're going to see them in, in the scriptures from the Lord caring about Israel, um, but then also clearly caring about um you know, he, he was, he says he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but then offers an opportunity for this Gentile woman to, uh, to respond to him and, um, really show her faith. And, and she does it beautifully, you know, Lord help me yeah. as, as she kneels before Christ. Um, so yeah. yeah so, so yeah. So Christian or not Christian that culturally speaking, we kind of have this default view that equality, diversity, tolerance, those things are virtuous and good. Mm. And of course, we would argue that those things come from a Judeo-Christian value system. Correct. But the reason that we believe that is because of Jesus, because of stories like this. Mm. That's kind of the, that's the foundation of our culture's commitment to things like equality, diversity, tolerance. And yeah, like. that, and that's pretty, that's pretty mind-shifting for me when you made that point of really Jesus being the foundational one who puts this into place because it feels like what exists today has always existed or should yeah. have always existed. Um, the way we think about life in 2020, you know, I'm sure that's the exact same way they thought about life in, in 50 or a thousand BC, just right. because life is always, we, we can, almost can't operate outside of our worldview, our right. scope of thinking, but Jesus really shows uh, that the, the savior, the Lord is coming for, for all people. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think, and I think when this question is asked, I think that it comes from a place of people recognizing that Christians in particular have done things that 
well, it doesn't look like we have a commitment to diversity, equality, yeah. and tolerance, and those yeah. kind of things. I mean, you think some of the things I mentioned on Sunday, like the American slave trade. Uh, you you spent obviously two years in Kenya, mm-hmm. and so you're well acquainted with um, at least Kenyan culture. And you know, I think about British imperialism in mm-hmm. places like India, Correct. in Africa, in Australia. Um, you know, doing so in the name of Christ. So people people see these things and they consider these kind of historical events and think there's got to be something um, inherently within Christianity or some some sort of necessary commitments wrapped up into Christianity that is at odds with equality. Mm. Um, and so that seems to be kind of the question that's being asked there. Is there something um, inherent about Christianity that's opposed to equality and diversity? Mm. And I guess the question is, is there? Hmm. Hmm. And so I think I think there would uh, there, there's nothing there's nothing at odds with Christianity being diverse. Um, I think we we would that's obviously kind of the answer, maybe the basic answer to our question. But we'd have we would have many reasons um, for why that is the case. Now we very much need to acknowledge our um, sin, probably as as white uh, Christian Westerners. Um, at least the two of us, that, that's a mold that we uh, fit into, um, that we need to acknowledge the hypocrisy. We need to acknowledge the, the sin that, is, that has existed. Um, clearly, the slave trade is, is wrong in every single way. Um, Kenya has actually only been a, a f- country with freedom for about 60 years mm. um, from British imperialism. Um, so that, that was interesting to talk through. There's a lot of, um, you know, people are only one generation removed really from that. Um, and so that we, we need to acknowledge that while also then recognizing, um, that diversity is clearly a thing we're going to see in the scriptures. Um, yeah. So are there any, um, elements of the Christian faith, um, any, um, key points of doctrine that your mind runs to or any any key scriptures that your mind runs to in order to demonstrate that actually no at the center of christianity is a commitment to diversity or or is a statement about human equality any Mm. any places you'd go the the first place i thought about is somewhat somewhat surprisingly but in genesis where obviously the story is being laid down that um, god is forming a people for himself through jacob who then becomes Israel, mm-hmm. and then the 12 tribes of Israel. But God is going to say things to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob about how, essentially, in their offspring, all the nations shall be blessed. So to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 3, uh, Genesis 18, Genesis 22, he's going to say, through your offspring, all yeah. the nations are going to be blessed. Then to Isaac in chapter 26, then to Jacob in chapter 28. Through your offspring, all the nations are going to be blessed. But it's a it's a funny thing because he it seems like he's just establishing this kind of set of people, the Israelites, right. for himself. But he's he's pointing to something greater that will come or that is coming. Um, well, and even there, there's kind of this inclusivity and exclusivity at play. It's mm-hmm. like God's going to use this particular people for all peoples. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have almost like this paradox of like particularity. And choosing Abraham and Abraham's family, the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to then go and bless everyone. Mm. Um, so even even when God is talking about kind of this particular ethnic group, He's doing so in view of all ethnic groups, mm. all peoples, mm. even from the beginning, from the, from the very outset. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. And I think about 
um, things like Imago Day from yeah. uh, just the beginning, yeah. made in the image of God. So we're just sitting in Genesis, like from from the beginning. Um, exactly as you said, there's this paradox of inclusivity and exclusivity. And then obviously we see um, Jesus uh, talking about how he cares for so many types of people, cares for Gentiles, cares for yeah. Jews. Um, the blind, the lame, the mute, the cripple. Every type of person um, is is able to respond to Jesus, and Jesus is happy to really interact with every type of person. Um, we see in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, go make disciples mm-hmm. of all nations. Mm-hmm. Acts 1-8, you know, we're going we're gonna to start off in Jerusalem. Uh, Judea, Samaria, we're going to go to the ends of the earth. Mm. Um, so there's this continual kind of starting off in a particularity or a smallness and then the spread. And then we obviously just see historically the spread of the church. That mm. was also kind of mind shifting for you to say to us, we are the nations. Like mm. Christianity is not America. Christianity is not the American church. It, it started in, in Israel. Yeah, um, that's right. We are, we are the Gentiles. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of another interesting feature. I think I've heard Tim Keller make this point. An interesting feature of Christianity is that the center or like the locus, he says, of Christianity has always moved. It's Mm. always been in flux. Mm. So you had uh, seasons where it was in the Middle East and then it moved to Africa. Then it moved to Europe and then from Europe to the Americas. Now from the Americas back to places like Africa and Mm. and even in Asia, like um, China is Mm. becoming rapidly Christianized, South Korea. Mm. Um, in the, the Rebecca McLaughlin's book, she, she mentions that South Korea, second only the United States, sends out the most missionaries in the world. Mm. Um, so there, there's always been a movement of the center of, of Christianity, which is kind of a testament um, to its kind of internal commitment to diversity mm. from scriptures like what you've just mentioned. Totally. And it's, it's really kind of uh, amazing to think about how really the center of Christianity now is the Southern hemisphere. Yeah. Um, maybe the most books, maybe the most articles, most contents coming from the West. Um, the Europe the, and the Americas. The, yeah, exactly. But, um, I'll be real, real interested to see 50 years from now, if that continues to be mm. the case. Mm. And then, but just knowing number of Christians, South America and Africa is going to be, is, is leading the charge. Mm. Um, wouldn't it be something when pastors from Uganda come to the States to start training us? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's already happening. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. I think that's, um, I think that's something that, that was really impactful for me in Kenya is just, I, I did a good bit of teaching. I did a good bit of training, um, simply because I had to have a little bit more school, but it was, it was interesting to be trying to train and equip people who have been walking with Jesus for a super long time, hmm. who are super faithful, um, who trust in the work of the Spirit way more than I trust in the work of the Spirit, hmm. um, who really challenged me, pushed me. Um, yeah, all from um, you know sub, sub-Saharan Africa, in yeah. Kenya specifically. That's excellent, man. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, so if we, if we evaluate... The doctrinal commitments, I mean, the gospel itself says that all people are equally. That, that's, that's kind of the, this, this, is, this is where the gospel gets offensive because in some respects the gospel says we are all dogs, undeserving of what's at the Lord's table. Mm. All of us are dogs. And kind of the precondition for receiving the gospel, for receiving forgiveness is, is owning the fact that you are not deserving, mm. regardless of how 
regardless of your skin color, bank statements, last name, all of, none of that matters. We are all guilty and all equally undeserving of God's love, but he gives it to us nonetheless, and that's sort of the offense of the gospel is it levels each of us out. You know, Paul, Galatians 3, famously says there's neither male nor female, slave nor free, Jew nor Greek. All of us, it's, 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 we are all at the same level when it comes to being in need of grace mm. from Jesus. Mm. And so like, the gospel itself is about equality mm. uh, in, in that sense. Yes. Um, and it's about any, any people, which is why it's caught fire and which is why Christian movement has been the most diverse movement the world has ever known. I mean, even, even if you just evaluate the evidence when you talk about Christianity and its commitment to, to diversity, just evaluate who Christians are mm. in 2020. And you would see it is the most diverse group of people ever. Mm. Um, a, a quote that I, I read um, on Sunday talked about how around the globe, the people most likely to be Christians are women of color. If you take into, into uh, account every person who professes the name of Christ, the average person is a woman of color. This comes from uh, a Yale law professor and leading black public intellectual, Stephen Carter, makes this point. Um, and I think that's really powerful. And I think that actually says something about Christian doctrine and Christianity's commitment to diversity. Mm. I think um, it's good to, one, one of the benefits of diversity, one of the things I guess I, I continue to, to learn in Kenya is just that worldviews do differ even within the context of of good theology, good good Christian doctrine. Our, our worldviews di- differ. Our cultures differ. And really it's good to be good to be pushed um, by those who are um, different than us. We um, can operate within our, uh, with kind of our blinders on within our worldview, but then it's good to be challenged in other ways. So Casey and I specifically, um, we obviously in the West have less of a spiritual culture. Um, yeah. I'll just use that very generically. Yeah, sure. Um, Kenya, Sub-Saharan Africa is going to have more of a spiritual kind of ancestral um, background. So one of the things they, they, they tend to is the work of the Holy Spirit in the Trinity. Um, whereas throughout my, you know, three years of seminary and um, being, being in church um, as a believer for about, you know, maybe seven, seven years or so, the, I, I, I did not hear a lot about the Holy Spirit, hmm. needless to hmm. say. So Case and I were immediately challenged on the Holy Spirit, on what we believed on the Holy Spirit, how we believe the Holy Spirit worked. Um, we we went and watched David Platt's Secret Church on the Holy Spirit within our first like two months because we knew we were going to have to to think about the Holy Spirit more. Yeah. Um, but honestly, it was so good to be challenged yeah. in that way to be pushed, mm. um, even if people had unhealthy unhealthy beliefs that that I would deem. Yeah, um, it was good to be around diversity to be challenged. Yeah, uh, in good. that way, that's really good. And if we and if we do if we we have this tendency to make this move and say. Uh, well, that's just their that's just their culture. Mm. Um, that cuts both ways because mm. maybe our resistance is just our culture, correct? Right. So there, there needs to be kind of a an openness and, and an open handedness there, and a willingness to learn. Um, now, when we evaluate Christianity's commitment to diversity, it's an, it's important to be very clear about what we mean by the word diversity. So, if we're using the word diversity defined as any kind of person from any place or stage of life being welcomed by Jesus because they're made in the image of God, because um, because all people 
who repent and believe can receive salvation. If we're talking about diversity, kind of along those lines, then Christianity is all about diversity, Mm. right? But there's another kind of diversity that Christianity is fundamentally opposed to, um, because there's a there's a very definite way to be a Christian, Mm. a very definite way to live in God's world, and divergence from that is sin. In fact, Mm. sin is defined as missing the mark, right? So. in one sense, Christianity is very exclusive. Christianity is exclusive in the sense that it's about Jesus mm. and about the God of Israel, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mm. um, and that there's a very particular way to follow Jesus. Um, you know, I think about uh, uh, people being critical of Christianity for not embracing sexual minorities, and by that they mean Christianity is oppressive or opposed to people who... Uh, are same-sex attracted, mm. and they say that that Christianity's opposition to that is a is a is a lack of diversity within Christianity. And we would say, yes, mm. correct. Mm. In that sense, there is a lack of diversity in Christianity, and we we have to affirm that, and we have to hold out the paradox of the exclusivity and inclusivity of Christianity, mm. um, and not and, and be very careful about how we use the term diversity. Mm. Any thoughts with that? Yeah, I totally agree, and I think an aspect to to thinking about it is is we're clearly not saved by our works, uh, but our works are a result of our salvation, let's say. Um, so while we are not saved because we act a certain way or do certain things, it does. It, it's clear throughout the scriptures that God intends for his people to operate within certain boundaries, yep. um, within, within certain laws. Um, certain things are out of place. Certain things are um, permissible, and certain things are, are very good. Um, and so, the things that are the things that are out of bounds, um, we we have to be exclusive on. We can't. We yep. don't just accept anything and everything goes. There's, um, as you were talking before, we were um, recording. There's there's one faith. There's one Lord. There's one baptism. There's one God. Um, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. Um, and that calls us to live in a certain way um, and to really push against our sin. We can't be okay continuing to operate uh, within our sin. Yeah. Yeah. So we're committed to diversity in the sense that we're committed to seeing all peoples come to belief in Christ. Um, But we fundamentally oppose diversity when it says that there is an alternative way to God, alternative way to life with God outside of Christ. Mm. Um, and alternative and alternative approaches to righteousness, like we would say, like no, like that that's not the case. There's a there's a grain to God's world hmm. that He calls us to live into, um, and I think that's where diversity can be really helpful. Is a continual. I'm hesitant to say reassessment. We're not trying to reassess our our doctrine or the scriptures, but a a continual need for people who think differently than we do, hmm. who mm-hmm. love Jesus. Mm-hmm to challenge us where we need to be challenged. That's good. So Casey and I needed to be challenged That's really on our view of the Holy Spirit. Um, so the Lord orchestrated two years for us to be in Kenya to really be pushed. And my my view on the Holy Spirit is much greater, uh, much, much bigger. Um, I probably st- I need to still continue to be challenged. But there's a lot of ways that we operate because of our culture. We... we it's interesting how much of our culture influences yep. our reading of the scripture and our function as a church. Um, I've been to plenty of Kenyan churches where we're going to be there four or five hours because in, in a Kenyan culture, time is not of the essence. Time is not very important. Sunday is just meant to be 
we're just hanging out all day. We're just hmm. doing church stuff all day. Whereas here, you know, I grew up in a don't go past 12 p.m. because we got to be the first people to, we always went to Wendy's afterwards <laughs> or you can go wherever, wherever you're going, Ruby Tuesdays, whatever it was for getting in line to, to get, be the first ones at, yeah. at a meal. Um, but that's, that's our culture influencing us um, on just the time of our, uh, how long does our service last? Um, but then plenty of other things doctrinally that were influenced by our culture, maybe more so than the scriptures. So we need people to challenge us with the scriptures um, to be sure we are thoroughly biblical yeah. um, in our view. That's good. That's really good. Man, there's so much more that can be said about this, and this is such a huge topic, and, and we're in such a unique historical moment where really for the first time ever, all sorts of cultures and, as you said, worldviews are just colliding in platform like places like Twitter and social media and all of this. And, and so for the first time ever, like we're really having to wrestle through some of this, and it's, it's, such, it's such a big topic. But hopefully this was a little bit helpful uh, in just giving you some really basic frameworks for thinking about Christianity and its relationship to diversity. Um, we thank you for listening, Aaron. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks I, so much. I guess, I guess we're good. I guess Casey made it. Yeah, I haven't gotten any word from her. So Awesome. Well, hopefully by the time this publishes on Monday, we'll have AJ. AJ will be here. Cool. Or CJ, right? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Aaron, thanks for being on. We will talk with you next week. Thank you.